Jacob, Jacob and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. all of our like musical theater backgrounds coming back now. Red and orange and jellical cats, and umbilical cords. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Art of the Short, Lil Shorty, Jorian Bethers read to you a story where collaboration turns a calamity of a performance into a masterpiece. Proof to us all that the show must go on. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and that a link to this week's short story will be provided in the show notes just for you. Art of the Short is an interactive literary art installation. Our little shorty episodes feature the not-so-known storytellers, where Jory and Bethers read a short story by you. Yep, a short story written by you, and, of course, we'll make art of our interpretations. Join the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Art of the Short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Hey, I have something I'm really interested in asking you. Oh, tell me. What? Question me. Um, how do you feel about your art this week? Oh, you know, I made some big moves. Mm. I made a big decision. I downloaded some software. Holy okay. shit. Okay, it's like on my desktop. Shut, shut, shut. I had to say like install, you know, extract all the things. Wow. Who even uses software these days? Okay. Wow. What? I don't. I don't. (laughs) Well, that is a big, big step for you. Thank you. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I feel good. I mean, I feel like it's going to be interesting to see your reaction. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know how you will feel. (laughs) What about you? What about you, dear one? What did you do? How do you feel? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I took a page from the Bethers book. Oh. And I did. Okay. (laughs) I did. And went to a certain art teacher, a certain (laughs) Mrs. Google YouTube. YouTube. Mrs. Google YouTube. She's the best. She's an incredible teacher. She came in the form of like an eight-year-old boy. Oh my god, perfect. So I but I needed to learn how to do this thing. Yep. That yep. I couldn't remember how to yep. fucking goddamn do. Yep. Long division. Me too. <laughs> don't know how. It was great. I will say though that like my idea, I don't know how well mm, it translated. Mm, didn't quite execute it. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what you think. We will see. Okay. Listen, we both tried new things this week. Uh, we, I, I didn't know that you were going to. We should have maybe been a little safer and one of us stayed in our lane. <laughs> That's not what art is about. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. I'm excited to read this story. Okay, let us do this. Let us do this. <laughs> <laughs> this week's short story is by David Drury. David's work has been featured in Selected Shorts on NPR, Best American Non-Required Reading, Wigleaf, Paper Darts, and his talent even extends to creative copy for an array of products like designer jeans, coffee, sex toys, Bibles, and marijuana. To learn more about David and his work, please go find him at daviddruryauthor.com. Featured on Matchbook Literary Journal, this is When the Lights Came Up by David Drury. 
Cracks in the 8 p.m. performance were already visible by 7 p.m. The rain was blowing sideways outside the theater, stretching the nerves of hair and makeup inside. Five minutes to curtain. A side door blew open with a bang, knocking a ladder into a volunteer. The understudy for the third lead was in. None of the cast cared much for the understudy for the third lead. <laughs> a phone in a stagehand's pocket started blaring Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue <laughs> during the first set change. Someone missed a cue in the second scene, and the energy of the whole thing flagged as everybody flailed to get heads above water. When the first lead whispered, Blink, if you can hear me, to his character's dying wife, hanging that sadness on the air that grows heavier until it nearly touches the ground. The moonlight fill through the kitchen window came up too fast and too hot, barely giving the main character any time to observe with meaning his own shadow falling across the icebox. The icebox he'd bought for his wife with the extra cash. The extra cash he'd earned by selling his heart medicine to the man. The man at the trading post with the shaky hands. Flustered at the lighting miscue, the lead repeated his line. Blink if you can hear me. When he said it that second time, the same moonlight fill flickered wildly and burned out. Murmurs, maybe snickers even, could be heard from the audience. In the next scene, a prop wall sagged so far that an exposed piece of frame hooked a character's gown strap. She had to back up with her arm across her chest, trying to unhook it while giving a speech on the nature of trust. The scene ended with laughter, though it was not intended to be funny. The scene following it was the one that was supposed to really cut loose the laughs. And while that didn't quite come together either, at least the audience came into it warmed up. A measure of hope remained. We might save this thing yet, the actors thought. They gathered. They rallied. They reminded themselves what it really was all about. Then the electricity went out in the entire theater. There was darkness. A collective gasp. <gasps> scattered shrieks. Yelling backstage. Patrons cursed their luck, cursed the night, cursed their shins as they banged them against knees and seat backs, clamoring for the aisle. All hope was lost. The critically acclaimed Feast of the Eyes was reduced to little more than a spoonful of salted flour. While the scene on stage played out in blindness, the higher-ups decided, We will pull the plug. But when the time came, the changeover to the next scene had already begun. And then the thought was, okay, let's finish this one and call it. In the confusion, not everyone got the message. And when an actor began the next scene alone, the other actors jumped back in to see it through. The actors felt for the front of the stage. The audience shifted to the front of their seats. Lights and sets and cues and markers were all forgotten. Lines were improvised or even missed. In the freedom that the dark provided, members of the audience stood and sat when they pleased, put their feet up on seats, and spoke their feelings aloud. 
one woman held up her phone, aiming its light at the actors on stage. Someone followed suit, and then another. Eyes adjusted to moving shapes. In the darkness, the spoonful of salted flour shed all pretense. And when it had shed all pretense, its own dimensions became of no consequence. It absorbed the dampness of the air, which now smelt like spit. It became a thing, rolled and kneaded, and smacked flat back and forth between palms. It found a kind of warmth in which to grow and expand inside the darkness. It took on the feel of a different story, not different in shape, but wider. A story that hemmed in the first, maybe, or traced a kind of circle around it, or orbited from some fixed trajectory deep in space. Something about the other and the us, and the if and the whether, and the then and the why, and the well because, and the well that runs dry, and the spring that is rumored to run beneath us, from here to the trees, to the foothills, to the ridgeline, to the mountains, and even higher. The story was age old, born onto a primordial dirt floor and scraped into cave walls with rocks. The story had breath and life and lifted its head and flew and floated and walked at times out over upturned eyes of huddled pre-ancients. Out and back, as if on air or water, dazzling them with a kind of magic they could now not do without. And the story stopped for a moment and knelt to face the faces of those it indeed treasured, who regarded it at once with a primitive but certain assurance. And the story stood up again and continued to unfold and unfold before them in the dim, twinkling, outstretched light of 285 mobile phones. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> the way you emphasized mobile instead of phones <laughs> was not something I saw coming. Landline phones. <laughs> Little shorty motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just to throw that in there. Little shorty. <laughs> I don't know if this, I hope this is okay to say, I felt a little teary rim. I felt a little Why? like. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. The performance was so beautiful and it's like so touching. Here's the thing that makes me cry just on the day to day. Humans coming together. I know. To support one another or to do art. And this is a story about both. So like, yeah, it's going to get me a little, it's going to get me a little verklempt. Okay, and then you bring that level of performance, and we have got ourselves a show. Okay, well, I'm gonna open your art right now. Oh my god, you are! Oh my god, I'm gonna open it right this second. I don't even know what I sent. Oh my god, I am a taken aback for a couple reasons, (laughs) (laughs) and let me tell you why. First, okay, this is beautiful, like super abstract art. It looks to be seven 
uh, kind of really long rectangular-esque slash kind of triangular white structures, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. almost like they're statues or something. In front of it, there's like, it almost looks like a movie screen or something mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with like a big oval in the middle. And there's like this really beautiful kind of like light flare that looks like a peacock feather mm-hmm, kind of colors, you know, mm-hmm. and is very abstract. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this looks like something someone would probably have in their house. That's like simple shapes, but like, you know that it's trying to express a very particular vibe. <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, dabbling in digital art. Love it. I mean, I just feel like I was so out of sorts in this program that I would have done better with like MS Paint or whatever we all had in like (laughs) middle school and high school. For me, the most powerful vision in this story is all the beams of light, right? Like that's what we're left with is the beams of the cell phone light pointing at the stage. And I think that's so like classic metaphor, light in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's what we're dealing with here is a very abstract portrayal of cell phone lights towards a stage. And then there's like a bit of rainbowy magic that just adds a little little something something yeah it's the magic in the air yeah the magic that wouldn't have been there minus the power outage and the like participation of everyone chipping in yeah okay well i would like you to open my art now (laughs) okay 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 let's see what mrs google youtube teacher has Uh. wrought (laughs) is it a cutout is it a paper cutout? Okay, I'm just going to tell you because we did the same fucking thing. <laughs> we made the same goddamn art. It's just in different forms. I wondered if that would happen. The people in the audience pointing their lights. Yes. So I made a paper cutout doll. Right. And then the light behind it is actually just construction paper with holes poked in it and like mobile phone light yeah. shining through it. I had this idea. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn out how I thought it was. And it looks actually kind of scary and it's really <laughs> dark because everything is black. And then I was like, <laughs> well, but this is what I have. This is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> like it made me think about like, mm-hmm. we have so much like tech and apps and like tools for things that like are supposed to make our life quote unquote simpler. Yeah. But really sometimes it feels like it's way more complicated. And it's like mm-hmm. the art itself is there. It's with the people and it's like the vibe. It's the magic in your art that you made. It's that flare of light. <laughs> it's totally true though. And I fully fucking 100% agree with yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've had this one for so long and I was so excited because it's bringing a little something different. It's bringing it a totally little different is. vibe. And I was like so excited to share it with Tori yeah. and share it with you all. So. I loved it. And David, thank you. Thank you, David. On the next episode of Art of the Short, Lil Shorty, we'll be reading Son of Paul Bunyan by Robert James Russell. As always, a free link to this short story is in our show notes for you. You know what I'm about to say, right? Do you know what I'm about to say? Do you know what I'm about to say? Don't you forget! (gasps) We want to see your art and hear your thoughts on these short stories. So please, come join the conversation. And to learn how, go to (laughs) artoftheshort.com. And follow the installation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Art of the Short. But for reels and reels and reels, we really want to see your art. We'd like you to know, dear listener, if you have an inspiration way back from Daughters of the Moon. Okay, you have some moon breast art that's just been hanging around, rolling around the old noggin. Send it in. Send it in. Send it in. Send it in. Just let us know. There's no time limit. Nothing expires. 
We're open to all stories at all times. There's no time space continuum here, okay? All times, all places, all spaces. Send it in. Also, we will absolutely accept musical theater songs if you like. <laughs> oh my God, please get together with a friend, okay? Just record that on your notes app or whatever. Send it in. <laughs> Bethany, bye. Love you. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. I don't want to see that. Don't, Jory, don't do it. Oh my God, don't. Jory, do not. Mind your intestines, please.